Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. I must acknowledge first of all Dr. Miles Monroe because the notes that I'm going to be preaching from are from his ministry, from his book on the subject of authority. I have ministered on the nature and concept of authority many, many, many months ago. Probably most of you were not here. But I've been impressed by the Spirit of God in the last few days to again teach. So we're not, I'm not going to preach to you. I'm going to teach on the subject of the nature and purpose of authority. So if you're taking notes... Right on top of your notes, the title of my message is The Nature and Purpose of Authority. Now, the very word authority, when we hear that word authority, for most of us, brings up images of oppression and abuse, and yet, life in the universe and on planet Earth cannot function without it. Let me ask you a question. When you hear the word authority, what are the first words that come to your mind? I'm asking a question. What are the first words that come to your mind when you hear the word authority? Anyone? Power. Anybody else? Organization. That's order. Anybody? Responsibility. Responsibility. Anybody else? Huh? Discipline. Discipline. Covering. Well, I must say I have an an interesting congregation that's been educated. But for most people, when they hear the word authority, images of control, power, master, bishop, Lord, employer. So the words or the images that come are images of dictatorial, of abuse. And why is that? I believe because many of our parents, our teachers, our employers, And other authority figures in our lives did not understand authority and abused or misused it in relation to us. We are afraid to submit to others. We are afraid to submit to others. And therefore, find it difficult to release our own authority. Because it takes authority to release authority. Consequently, many of our dreams, many of our goals, plans, are trapped still on the inside of us and have not been released. Now, Dr. Miles Monroe says this, and I fully agree with him. He says that the greatest problem in our world today is a basic disrespect for authority with an underlying disregard and dismissal of it. Because we do not understand it, we run away from it. Why is that? Because, as I said, authority has been turned upside down. You know what that means? The meaning. The enemy has successfully infiltrated our minds and brought up images because of authority figures in our lives that we've had experiences that were not pleasant. So the moment we think of authority... We think of things that, are not, that have nothing to do with true and genuine authority. Now, 
Because we misunderstand what authority is, and because this misunderstanding perpetuates the abuse of authority and its consequences, we are somewhat suspicious of it. How many of you can say amen to that? You agree with me? Praise God. But true authority, genuine authority, was established for the purpose of promoting us, releasing us, and empowering us. By the time we finish the study today, you will see the tremendous benefits that flow from the concept of authority, if we understand it and submit to it. Now, instead of control, authority promotes real freedom and opens the door to possibilities. Instead of domination and death, authority ignites the very personal potential within each person, bringing protection and life. That's what genuine and true authority does. So therefore, I believe with all my heart, authority needs to be reintroduced to us and to society as a whole in a way that we can understand it or in a way that Jesus himself understood the principle or the concept of authority. Let me give you a vital principle of authority. You're taking notes, write this down. It is is a vital principle of authority. Everything submits to something else in order to function, to grow, and prosper. Everything in life submits to something else in order to function, to grow, and prosper. That is a fundamental principle. Nothing that the Creator made can exist without submission to some authority because authority by nature involves dependence and interdependence. Are you with me? The first manifestation of authority is that everything depends on the Creator to exist because everything came, the Bible says, from Him. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 says the following, For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Not some things, but all things in him hold together. All things exist and are still held together by the Creator's power. Not only the universe, the seen and the unseen produced by him, but it also depends on him for its continual existence and survival. Praise God. Praise God. Everything in creation must refer to the Creator for its life and success. And everything in creation was designed to function by the principle of authority. Let me give you an example. A seed must submit to being planted in the soil if it is to grow. Are you with me? Is that right? In this sense, the soil is the authority of the seed. Let me give you another example. Fish must submit to living in the water if they are to live. Therefore, the water is the authority of the fish. If they want to live, if they want to survive, if they want to reproduce, they must submit to living in the water because that is the way the Creator designed them to live and function. You see that? Is that understood? Say amen. amen. If they didn't submit to it, they would die. Am I right? 
if the seed does not submit to the authority of the soil, falls into the soil, submit to the soil, and die, that seed will never reproduce. It will remain alone. The same with the fish. Let me give you another example. The planets of our solar system submit to the great gravitational pull of the sun for their survival. Is that right? So the planets of our solar system submit to the gravitational pull of the sun as their authority. If they didn't, the solar system would no longer be intact. And the planets would spiral out of control in space. So everyone and everything must submit to someone in order to function and to be successful. It is impossible to outgrow authority. You never outgrow it. Now, for instance, when children are young, they live under the authority of the parents, but when the children grow up, they marry they, they, they build families of their own. They interact with other people. That authority is transferred to other spheres of life. But you never outgrow authority. Is that, is that true? Amen. Listen to this. Anyone who refuses to be governed by genuine authority is illegitimate and malfunctioning in the world. If a child refuses to acknowledge the authority of its parents in teaching him positive, constructive ways to live his life, then he will suffer the consequences of some kind of self-destruction, body, mind, or soul. And let me say this, and this is as true as anything that the Lord Jesus Christ himself said. We are living with dangerous illegitimacy if we are not submitted to any authority so that other people cannot trust us or safely submit to us when needed. We only should submit to those who themselves are submitted. I am afraid of people who are not accountable to anybody who are not submitted themselves to God's direct or delegated authority. In fact, I would not walk with them. They're dangerous people because they are a law unto themselves. Now, I believe that the greatest example of the concept of authority is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He is the ultimate authority. He instituted authority. He is the authority. Amen? Did you know that the first sin that was ever committed was a sin against authority? The first sin that was ever committed by mankind was a sin against the authority of God himself. Now, all of the pain, all of the heartache, all of the death that we are experiencing in this fallen world was a direct result of the violation of authority. Look at the consequences all around us. Is that not true? The Lord said to Adam, to his son, You are free to eat of all the trees in the garden. But of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, do not eat of it. For the day you eat, you will surely die. So what did he do? He violated the authority of God. He began to ask questions. The serpent, of course, helped Eve. Did God really say? And look at the results. Death destruction, pain, divorce. Where did it originate from? It was a direct violation of authority. Now, Jesus, our Lord, 
I believe, was the greatest example of someone who understood, lived out the principle, the power, the purpose of authority. And there is much to gain in our understanding of authority from looking at how he lived his life. His entire life was in constant submission to his father's direct and delegated authority. He constantly submitted. That's the secret to life. Constantly. He said, I don't even speak my own words. I only speak that which I hear. I don't do my own thing in this world. I did not come to do my own thing. I came to do the will of him who sent me. His entire life, even to the point of death, was submission to his father's direct and delegated authority. Now, the first thing that Jesus did when he came into this world, he submitted to his own established laws. That's the first thing he did. The first thing that God did in order to correct and bring humanity back to order was to submit to his own established laws. We, we read in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. First, his willingness to come to earth as a man, even though he was God, was an extraordinary act of submission. Would you not say that? Huh? He could have said, now, I'm God. I refuse to become man. Now, his own submission to authority, it was, the, it was God's first step in correcting humanity's problem. So, the word says that he voluntarily came into this world physically as a baby through the womb of a woman, as all other people do. He was born under the law so that even though himself had instituted the law for the Israelites, he was subject to its regulations and requirements. What did he submit to? Well, Galatians 4 tells us, the very laws pertaining to the authority he had established for the physical creation and for the spiritual life of his people. We see that awesome act of submission, being willing, submitting to become as a little infant, helpless. Could he not come as a, as a mighty king riding on his white horse? Could he not have come as an army commander of course he could have. But he respected the laws that he himself had established. So we see again, now this, this, this to me is, is the, the crowning or the, the finest example of Jesus' submission. When he submitted to John's baptism in order to fulfill, he said, all righteousness. Now, let us particularly focus on this account because his submission to John the Baptist's authority was the inauguration of his ministry. Let's read that. In, uh, we found that record in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through to 17. I believe that if we desire to be all we were born to be, we first of all need to understand what Jesus knew about authority and how he responded to it, as well as the remarkable results that flowed out of his submission to authority. You got Matthew three, thirteen through to 17? Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, 
and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now, this incident is loaded with meaning. And when we read the Bible, we need to just read the power, not just the words. That is the, the benefit of meditation in the Word. When we begin to meditate and ask the Holy Spirit to take us deeper into meanings that are really cannot be found on the surface, we find that that the Holy Spirit begins to minister to us and gives us life and understanding and communicates the very things that we need for our sustenance and our growth in the Lord. Do you know how far the sight of, of, um, of John's baptism is from where Jesus was, from Galilee to the River Jordan? Well, I've never been to that part of the world, but I believe, for those who have been, it is about 70 to 80 miles. Now, there were no cars in those days, so you can get on the bus and just drive. You had to walk everywhere or ride a donkey. Probably took him about two weeks' walk to get to the site. Jesus did not come for a casual visit. He didn't come to check John out to see, well, if, is this the ministry I want to hook up with? Is this the person that I want to be baptized? What kind of ministry does he have? No. He came specifically looking for John. That is why he left Galilee and came to the River Jordan. He came with a purpose. He came looking for authority. He came desiring to submit to John's baptism. Now, (laughs) I believe that Jesus went looking for, for what we tend to avoid. Hello? He sought out what we run from. Is that right? (laughs) He requested what we are suspicious of. You mean to tell me I'm going to submit my life to this man? Or this man? You must be crazy. I met a pastor in Cyprus and began to share with him some of these principles. He says to me, I will never trust any man. The only one I trust is the Lord, and I will never put my life into the hands of another man. My God, I didn't say anything to him, but I said, My goodness, you are really ignoramus, going somewhere to seed. What will his people learn from him? I question that. What will the people that sit under his ministry learn from this man? Jesus confidently sought out John the Baptist to allow him to submit to his authority. When John tried to deter him, Jesus replied, what did he say? Let it be so now. John, now you are greater than I. Because you're the one that's authorized to baptize in water. John distinguished his authority when he said, I came preaching the baptism of repentance, but there is another coming after me who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. So who was authorized to baptize in water? 
John, who was authorized to baptize with the Spirit. What was Jesus looking for? Baptism in the Spirit or baptism in water? So who was authorized to baptize him? John. The wonderful thing about it is each and every one of us has been given a unique authority by God and... If someone needs something you have, they're going to have to come to you even if they don't like you. (laughs) Sometimes God sends us to people that we don't like, or sometimes we go to people in the wrong package, or the package that they don't like. But if you're going to have what I'm carrying, there is no other way for you to receive it from me unless you submit to the God-given authority that God has bestowed upon me. When I want to service my car, Mercedes, I don't go down the road. There are mechanics on the road that they say they serve Mercedes-Benz and then they, they will do it much cheaper for me. I go to what? To the authorized dealer or else my car will be in a mess. Are you with me? So Jesus said to him, No, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. What does that mean? That means all right standing or positioning. Jesus was saying to John, John, let's not get into titles. This is the way we fit. This is the way God positioned us. What I need is water baptism, and you're the only one that's authorized. Therefore, I must submit to your authority. And then John allowed him to do so. You see, John did not understand his own authority at the beginning. And some of us may be uncomfortable with our own authority. But if it's genuine authority from God, you need to recognize what God has authorized you to be and to do. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So Jesus was saying this was necessary for him to be in proper relationship to the ultimate authority, which is God the Father. He understood that. You see, the principle is this. Authority needs authority to release its power. You may want to write that down. Authority needs authority to release its power and its potential. Now, John knew well the powerful authority of Jesus. He had also said, I baptize you with water for repentance. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. As great as Jesus was, listen to this, he had to submit to the authority that's been established by God the Father for this time in his life on earth. As great as he was. None of his greatness, none of his power would have been released unless and until he was baptized by John. You see, John's authority was in his assignment. That's where his authority was. He said, I came baptizing with water. Amen? Now, Your authority, listen to this, your authority is found in what God has prepared for you to do. Your authority is found in your assignment. That's why it's important to know yourself. If you don't know yourself, you don't know the authority that God has given you. And God's dream and God's desire is for you and I to be all that He's destined us to be and to do all that He has commissioned us to do. Are you with me? So, look, let's, look at, let's look at the results for a moment to Jesus' submission to the established authority. Let's look at 
the results. They're striking. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went out of that water, and at that moment, heaven was opened. A voice from heaven spoke. When? When? As soon. The Bible says, as soon as he was baptized, as soon as he submitted to authority, the word of God says, heaven opened. The Holy Spirit descended. God's voice spoke. When? As soon as he submitted to John's authority. We should consider whether our ability to hear from God regarding His purposes for our lives is directly related to our response to His authority. Food for thought. If you are not receiving guidance from God, perhaps, perhaps, you're violating some kind of authority that God has established in your life. You all look at me so sad. I said, if you are not hearing from heaven, not receiving direction, perhaps... We are violating some kind of an established authority that God placed in our lives. What pleased God the Father so much that he spoke audibly? You ever thought about that? What was it that pleased God that he spoke audibly and said, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased? I believe it was because he witnessed Jesus God's very own Son submitting to a human in obedience. That pleased God. Here is God Himself, the Creator of the universe, looking for a human to submit to. And that pleased God. He spoke audibly. And He said, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Well, Jesus didn't submit to a human being alone, did he? This is what most of us do not understand. What he submitted was to the authority God placed in that human being. Am I right? So you don't just submit to a human being. You submit to the authority God placed in that human being. When a policeman stands out from where he's hiding and he raises his hand, you better stop. You're not submitting to a human. What are you submitting to? You are submitting to the delegated authority that uniform policeman has received from the governing authorities of this land. <laughs> Amen? And you better not try to excuse your speeding. I said, I'm sorry, officer, I made a mistake. Forgive me, give me the fine, give me the ticket, let me go on my way. No excuses, no arguments, no somebody was this and sick, and that's why I was going so fast. Are you with me? <laughs> Praise God. We see Jesus' submission to other earthly authorities in various instances in his life as well as he was led by God. Why did he do that? For the sake of order? My wife said organization. One of the things that authority brings is organization and order for the sake of peace and purpose. Here are a few examples. We look at Jesus in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 40 to 52. His submission to his parental, to his parents' authority. We read that Jesus was constantly submitted to his parents until he was 30 years of age. Constantly submitted. 
Luke's, uh, Luke's Gospel 2 tells us that. We look at his submission to the requirements of the temple tax. Did he submit to that? He said, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. We see him submitting to the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate. John's Gospel, chapter 19, verses 10 and 11. And in Matthew 17, 24 to 27, we see the submission to the requirements of the temple tax and to the taxation by the Roman emperor. You see, submission to authority leads to greatness. Submission to authority leads to greatness. And the vital thing to understand is that Jesus could not begin or accomplish his work until John released him. It doesn't matter how great you are called to be by God. Someone has to release you into that greatness. Somebody has to release you. Jesus' ministry was great. He would, he would change the world prior to his baptism. He was destined to change the world and to bring salvation. This is a great ministry. It's a great, the, the greatest of them all. But if he hadn't submitted to John's baptism, none of that, you and I would not be here today. Do you see it? So it doesn't matter how great you were born to be, someone has to release you. The fact that many of us haven't understood or had good experiences with authority, prompting our avoidance of it, may be causing us to miss out on the full release of our own authority and potential. That's why it's important that we are reintroduced and retrain our minds to the concept of authority, the way God understands it. We submit first to the authority of our Creator, and then to the authority He has given other human beings in various realms and aspects of life. In the place of work, there is an established authority. In the home, there is an established authority by God. In the church, there is an established authority by God. Amen? You see, when you understand the concept of authority, the first thing you look for is authority. Because you understand the benefits of it. So, Praise God. Let me say this. Greatness does not come from gifts and talents alone. I don't care how gifted one is, how anointed one is. It comes from being where you're supposed to be. In terms of your personal authority and operating in your unique domain. You must discover your personal authority, and occupy your unique domain. That's your greatness. Acting on your authority from God brings you into greatness. Yet, the authority that brings greatness is often not what we think it is. It is serving others with the authority that God has given you and I. So becoming and doing what you were meant to be and do makes you great. When you discover who you are and what God has called you to do and where God has called you to function, that's what makes you great. Is that right? Hello? Do you see how important it is for us to also discover our own personal authority? But you will never discover it if you're rebellious 
to structures of authority simply because you don't like them or you don't like what they look like. You see, here is the secret. You do not have to understand authority before you submit to it. Because you will never understand everything. We will never understand God. Yet we submit and obey. Why? Hello? I imagine me now, Isabella. Uh, Isabella, now, do not go and open the window in my office. You know, she has a habit. She opens the window, she steps on the ledge, and she hangs over. Now, she may not understand why her grandfather is telling, don't do that. But I expect her to obey. If she doesn't, she will suffer. All of us will suffer the consequence. You do not have to understand your authority before you say, yes, sir. Hello? You know, most of us want everything explained before we submit and obey. It's not possible, because that is not the walk of faith. What if authority is wrong? That's none of your business. God will deal with your authority. But if you submit to it, you are safe. Oh, what many do oftentimes, they confuse the authorities. They try to change their authority because they don't like the way their authority does things. Hello? Let's try and change it if we can. No, authority is not there for you to change it. Authority is there for you to respect, to submit, and obey it. Hello? Let God deal with it. Imagine me now going to my own apostolic authority and trying to change them. And point all of the faults to him. That is not good. That is not right. Now we can have a conversation. But there is a fine line that cannot be crossed. Hello? Amen. Somebody agrees. (laughs) So becoming and doing what you were meant to be and do makes you great. Submission to authority also brings spiritual power and protection over our lives. What would have happened if Jesus had not been willing to submit to John's authority? Or... If Jesus baptized John rather than John baptizing Jesus, what would have happened? Well, I'll tell you what would have happened. The heavens would not have opened. The dove would not have descended on Jesus. And God would not have testified audibly, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus would have gone into the wilderness and would have been defeated by the devil because he would not have operated under authority. That's what we do. Many of us, we go out to fight the devil without doing what we first had to do. So we have to come back, rectify, and then go. You know, I'm going to fight the devil. You're going to fight the devil. You better be under authority. Because if you're not then you are not protected, you will not have the power to resist. So authority does what? It brings you spiritual power and protection. The devil would have whipped Jesus in the wilderness because Jesus would have violated authority. Do you see how important this is? Now, That's what I say. How many people go out to fight against the devil but haven't done what they were supposed to do in the first place? You remember the seven sons of Sceva? We cast you out by the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. They had no authority. You know what happened to them. The demon almost killed them. He tore them. He left them naked. So Jesus' very nature again displays his authority and submission. And finally, we're going to look at this portion of Scripture in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. This is a passage that is startling in its revelation of both Jesus' own authority and his humbleness 
in submitting to authority. Philippians 2, verses 5 through to 11. I trust that by the end of this teaching, you and I will begin to view authority in a different light. That authority is not there to hurt you. It is not there to boss you. It is not there to control you. It is there to empower you, to serve you, to release you into your greatness. Reading from verse 5, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, therefore, this is very important, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The key word here is that he humbled himself. Authority does not work if somebody has to humble you. Genuine authority does not humble people, but waits for people to humble themselves. Did you get that? It does not work if authority has to humble you. The Word says Jesus Himself humbled Himself. He humbled Himself. Therefore, God highly exalted Him. So, genuine authority does not humble people, but waits for people to humble themselves. And I have discovered this fact. People who do not know who they are cannot submit to authority. Because they don't know the worth. They don't know the value. But people who know who they really are find no problem in submitting to authority. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Oh, this is, this is loaded. Submission is possible when you are in touch with your own worth. Say amen. amen. Oh, my goodness. This is university teaching, guys. This is meat. This is not milk. This will make you or break you. Hello? I said, submission is possible when you are in touch with your worth. People who know who they are understand that no one can degrade them or devalue them. Jesus, God himself, knew who he was. He knew who he was called to be. He was anointed. He had power. He had miracles. And because he knew who he was, he humbled himself. The Bible says he wrapped a towel around him and washed the disciples' feet because he knew where he came from and where he was going. But people who have no idea who they are they run away from authority. They cannot submit to authority. When you know you are of great value to God, other people's opinions or treatments of you do not influence you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even though they may hurt you deeply. 
Did you get that? I'm going to say it again. When you know you are of great value to God, you are loved, you are appreciated, you are the apple of His eye. Other people's opinions and treatments of you do not influence you. It's like water off the duck's back. Even though those words may hurt terribly. Because you know who you are. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. You know what the Creator thinks about you. You know that you are loved. What does that do to your inferiority complexes? (laughs) It burns them up. Amen? What does that do to your insecurities? Oh, but you know what she said, or what he said. Why do you listen to it? If you know who you are, why do you listen to garbage? Who's he that condemns? Is that the Lord? No. So why do you listen to the enemy? Jesus knew he was called, he had anointing, he had power, worked miracles, therefore he had no problem submitting to authority. So if you want to live in the authority of your personal domain, and if you want God to promote you and be successful in life, fulfilling the Father's will, you must understand the following points, and I'm going to close with this. I'm going to give you four points. One, when you know who you are in your God-given authority... The first thing you look for is the authority that God has placed in your life in order to benefit, to protect, and to release your authority. When you know who you are in your God-given authority, the first thing you look for is the authorities that God had established, has established in your life. You look for it. Is that, most, is that what most people do? No, most people look for what? Power. Followers. Influence. Ministry. Gifting. That's not what Jesus looked for. He looked for authority. He honored, submitted to authority. He didn't look for any of those things. Not for followers, not for power, not for gifting, not for miracles, not for platforms. He looked for authority because he understood and recognized his own God-given authority. Number two, authority without true authority is no authority. Meaning, Jesus' submission to God's authority through John released him to begin his own ministry. Yet if he hadn't submitted he would have had no authority for functioning in his ministry. So, authority without true and genuine authority is no authority. In the church, we have this happening so often. People grab the microphone and they run. And just because they have a gift, they attract a crowd of people, and sometimes thousands of people are attracted to the gifting. But they themselves are not submitted to any authority. And now we're looking at it from the outside. Oh man, God is blessing that person. Mm, Not necessarily. Whole churches have collapsed because men and people run after gifts and miracles. Not necessarily. So authority without true authority is no authority. Number three, understanding authority is the key to life and effective living. God's Holy Spirit dwelled in Jesus and also, as you know, came upon him at his baptism to enable him to fulfill his calling. This would not have happened without Jesus' willingness to submit. So understanding authority is the key to life and effective living. And finally, number four, authority is the thread that holds the fabric of life together. Authority is the thread that holds the fabric of life together. Together. Our lives are beautiful tapestries or designs that God is making on a fabric that He Himself has woven. Now, listen to this. 
The fabric itself is made up of threads of authority. And if we violate his authority, then the plan that God has for our lives will not unfold in its great design, but will be marred and unraveled. Do you see that? Do you understand that? I'm going to repeat that again for those of you who are making notes. Authority is the thread that holds the fabric of life together. Our lives are beautiful designs or tapestries that God is making on a fabric that he has woven. The fabric itself is made up of threads of authority. And if we violate any of those threads of authority, that beautiful design that God is making will be marred and unraveled. You need to ask yourself, Who are the established authorities in my life? At work? At home? In the church? In government as well? Who are they? How do I relate to them? Am I afraid of authority? Or have I learned? to treat it as my friend rather than an enemy. Hmm? The church of the living God is a family. If it's not a family, what is it? We are the family of God. Primarily, it's a family. It's not an organization or a corporation with CEOs and managers. It's a family. That's what we've been teaching you. In family, there are fathers and mothers. There are brothers and sisters. There are sons and daughters. Amen? In a large family. Hello? That's what the elders of the church are. They are fathers. They're supposed to father. Hello? When you have a problem in your family, say when Stephen was 15 years of age and he was facing a problem or whatever, it would have been unreasonable, illogical, stupendous for him to go and knock on the door of the next door neighbor to ask for a counsel and advice. Am I right? Where would he have gone? Huh? He would have come to his father and mother. Now if he hadn't, he surely had a problem. It's amazing to me when we in the church so often have a problem and we go outside of our family to seek counsel and advice rather than coming to your own established authority. Or because some of us know what authority is going to say, we'd rather not come to them. (laughs) Isn't it? I know what dad is going to say, so I'm going to go to my mother. But my wife has learned long ago, what did your father say? They did it once, twice, they stopped doing it anymore. You parents, you have children, they will play you one against the other. You know, someone will come to Theo, but you know Theo, you know what the pastor said, and you know what, no, 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 no. Well, if Theo is loyal, he's going to say, well, what do you think the pastor says about this? Do you understand the pastor's heart? Why do you speak this way? Hello? We are a family. And in a family, relationships ought to blossom, grow. Yes, often we step on one another's toes and we get hurt. But what do we do when we get hurt? Do we go and find somebody else and look for sympathy? Or do we ask God to heal our broken toe.
I've understood a long time ago that authority is there to bless me. And when I've understood the concept of apostolic alignment and apostolic authority, my entire life in ministry changed. I didn't know it for so long. I'm embarrassed to say that, but thank God that somehow the revelation of it gripped my heart. We are here to bless you, not to hurt you. We are here to encourage you, to empower you, and to release you in your God-given destiny. The way you relate to, the, to God's delegated authority is the way you relate to God's direct authority. They are one and the same. Amen? Shall we stand and close in prayer, please? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.